So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're having an amazing day. Uh, I know I am. Uh, I'm coming to you from Antwerp, Belgium, where my wife and I have been eating Belgian waffles and honestly having some of the best food I think we've ever had in our life. It's been a lot of fun. And we just did kind of the unofficial first deep clean meeting or deep clean event yesterday. Um, and yeah, it's a wild story, and I want to. I'm going to tell the story today, and integrate it into one of the questions that came up during our Q and A because this question comes up a lot in our community, and I'm sure a bunch of you guys listening. Uh, we've been doing a lot on Instagram lately. We're getting this question as well there, and I'm sure you guys listening are also probably wondering this question, especially if you are in a relationship. I would say, especially if you're married, um, we want to. We, we want to talk today a little bit about what it might look like for you to. Uh, to have some conversations with your wife uh, about her healing and her recovery as well. Um, because the reality is when you have an addiction and a wife finds out, it really does something to her. And um, it's not as simple as you just getting better so she can trust you again. Uh, there's there's a recovery on her end that needs to take place as well. And I think sometimes uh, wives either don't realize it or they don't want to go there. And so oftentimes... Um, you know, it, it can create a lot of problems in a, in a marriage. And so uh, I want to get there, but I want to set the stage of kind of how this question came up because um, I kind of want to kill two birds with one stone today. Um, I have had the privilege of, of having a, a couple of clients from the Netherlands. And uh, the first was somebody who, who we knew through kind of, um, I guess you could say a mutual network of kind of churches and the ministry school that we attended. So he did the program, found it really um, life-changing. And not too long after, there was somebody else in the area who needed some help. Um, and so somebody had said, oh, well, you know, um, Josh, he won't mind me using his name. Josh Josh had told me about this program um, and I think he had really good success with it. Why don't you talk to him? So Josh spoke with him and um and you know told a story about it and so this guy also did the program and really benefited really just grew a lot and so i had uh i messaged them probably like 6 weeks ago our trip to europe was up in the air for a little bit and uh we we really did not finalize things until uh, not too long before and um i just said hey guys you know um i'm going to be in europe i'd love to come to holland for a day let's see if we can make something work and the one guy's studying for an exam. Uh, the other guy is like working full time and he was traveling. And these guys just laid everything down and went to work putting this event together. I had no idea. They're like very prominent youth leaders in their region. And so they got the word out to a bunch of churches, a bunch of networks, their own youth groups, a couple of youth organizations. And we had a, a, a good crowd there. Um, I don't know how many people, it, like nothing crazy, but it was probably 40 people, uh, maybe 45 people, young adults. We had some parents there, just some, you know, um, some like, I guess you'd say like 
early young fathers, uh, young wives, young mothers there. Um, it was amazing. And, um, and so I did a talk. Uh, both of these guys shared their story and uh, their kind of their story of, of overcoming pornography and working through stuff and how they've reached this point. And um, it was crazy because before the event, we had dinner together, um, the four of us the, being uh, these two client, former clients and then my wife and I. And uh, I asked them, I said, so how long have you guys been friends? How did you guys get to know each other? And they were like, oh, well, we, we didn't really know each other before Deep Clean. Like we're friends because of Deep Clean. And I was like, really? Like, how often? What do you mean you're friends now? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we hang out pretty regularly. We're both youth leaders, so we just have lots in common. We're the same age. And uh, yeah, we actually owe it all to Deep Clean. And uh, we started, you know, just hearing a little bit. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Uh, what, what's, what's been like, you know, what has life been like after Deep Clean? Uh, it's really fun to just follow up with clients post-program. And I had to fight back tears just hearing them talk about how their lives have changed, and, and we might we might get them on the podcast here, maybe, and they can share uh, a little bit more about it or something. We'll figure something out. But um, if all I got was that dinner, you know, I would have been so happy. And then we had this event. They're sharing their stories again. They shared in Dutch, so um, I didn't really uh, understand uh, the details per se, but I had already heard it in English. And then we did a Q and A, and. Um, you know the the room was so warm and people were asking questions and it was it was the most incredible thing and I I brought like I don't know like twenty five books and and pretty much all of them had sold out. Uh, people were really hungry for the content and really I think just relieved to hear somebody talk about pornography and healthy sexuality in a way that was palpable gentle but really still assertive and based on the bible but also having some research to sort of i guess back it up or support it oh it was the most incredible night and uh probably the the most memorable moment especially during the q a was uh, a guy had put his hand up and he had said you know i feel like i i, I haven't watched porn in like a year and a half and i'm doing really well but sometimes the thoughts come up and when they come up they derail me and I feel like it takes me a while to get back on track. And uh, if any of you have, have you know, been a little bit further down the recovery journey, I mean, to be honest, even if you're early on, you could probably relate with that. You know, I, I know for me, I'm like, yeah, I get that. I still have thoughts that come up sometimes and I'm like, whoa, you know, where did that come from? And so we, we talked through uh, some of the practical things of like breathing, um, you know, not being judgmental or condemning about your thoughts, really seeing it for what it is. And then also the back end of, hey, there might be some demonic influence, could be the enemy trying to take you down. Um, or it could be that, you know, your thoughts are going there because actually it's a stress response or that kind of thing. So we, we sort of talked about both ends and he, you know, he was able to, I think, absorb the response and um, whatever. So anyways, I move on with the Q&A and we answer a couple other questions. And um, the, the guys that had set up the event, they had, they had created a, a Slido. So it's basically, you know, there's a little code and then you can write in questions anonymously. And so it was really brilliant. So we were reading some of their, those questions off. And, uh, oh, and then the, the moment came and uh, this woman put her hand up, which was really cool that there were girls there as well. And um, the women were almost more attentive than even the guys were. So that was really cool because, um, yeah, because we know that this is no longer just a guy issue. It's possible that it never was, but the stereotype just kind of blocked us from seeing how women were being impacted by 
uh, or impacted in some of these areas. And so this woman put her hand up. It was the woman sitting right beside the gentleman that had asked the question um, about, you know, kind of going the rest of the way. He's 90% there and, uh, you know, just has one final stretch to go. So she put her hand up and um, you could immediately see her getting emotional. And she was just saying, you know, my husband, pointing to the guy, has been clean for a year and a half, like he said. I'm so happy for him. I'm so proud of him. Um, he's really done the deep work. And I've even done the deep work myself, you know, to forgive him and to, to try to trust him again. But I just don't feel like I can. And um, it's not to say that we have a bad marriage. It's not that our sex life is bad either. It's just that there's some kind of block that stops me from really being able to fully trust again, especially physically. And you could just, you could feel the the tenderness in the room, not just um, because she was, you know, opening up so vulnerably, but a majority of the guys who were there were single. And you could see the dots starting to connect of like, whoa, this is what happens if something like this stays in my life. You know, it was just a real life, real time demonstration of the kind of pain that porn can cause in another person's life. And um, and I really uh, applauded that woman for just being brave enough to share and to open up. And, you know, I just let her know that she's not crazy. And um, what I'm going to share is, uh, is the same thing I told her. And we've had a couple of clients going through this recently as well, where they're starting to heal up and they're starting to recover and they're starting to you know, move forward and, and the, the porn stuff feels like something of the past to them. But for their wife, it doesn't. It still feels fresh and there's still this underlying question of, can I actually trust you? Uh, is this just a little streak? And are we going to be back at square one again? Like, is it actually safe for me to trust? So it's a it's a really legitimate thing. And um, I want to actually talk to the guys first. Well, I mean, I guess this is really primarily for the guys. But um, what, I, what I do want to say for the guys is just so you know, you getting healed is obviously incredible and it should be your first priority. It's not the only priority though. Um, rebuilding trust in the relationship is just as important. And sometimes I hear people talking about how, yeah, you got to get healed first and then you start to work on the relationship. And I personally believe that they should occur in tandem. And th- they do anyway, but I think having that mindset is going to be a lot better. It's going to just make you a lot more proficient in your recovery journey. And it means that when you are in a place where porn is not really part of your life anymore, the relationship has started healing as well. And so you can kind of carry the momentum because otherwise what happens is guys get all of this excitement. They're like, like, ta-da, I'm not watching porn anymore. Like we're good again. And it's like, no, the wife is still upset. She's still hurt. She still doesn't trust. She still doesn't feel safe around you. She still wonders if this is all just a big sham and maybe you're lying to her or maybe you're not lying to her, but you know, you might relapse any moment and then all of this is just a house of cards and it crumbles again. And so she's in a very different place and that that can create a whole new level of frustration and a whole new set of issues that come up that the guy is virtually unprepared for. So if you're in recovery and you're married, you should really be doing both in tandem. And if you're in a good recovery program, you're actually going to learn skills and and tools that are going to help you strengthen your relationship to your wife anyway. That's what a good program will do because the tools that are needed for recovery inevitably are going to strengthen your relationships and make you an all-around better husband. So um, 
Anyway, that's the first thing. The second thing is betrayal trauma is a real thing. And that's the, the clinical term that we use to describe what women go through or what a partner goes through when they hear that their significant other has been watching porn. It's a, it's a feeling of betrayal. And sure, it's not the same as physically sleeping with another person, but the emotional response, the mental psychological perception is that of betrayal. It is a breach of trust. It is a violation of the parameters of your relationship. And the, the ultimate feeling is betrayal. Betrayal is a deep sense of broken trust. And it takes time to heal. And what I told this girl is, number one, what you are feeling, this, this like uncertainty of whether or not you can trust him, is legitimate because what he did was incredibly hurtful. And if you didn't feel this hesitation, then I would have reason to question whether or not you care about the relationship. So the fact that you have this hesitation shows how much you actually care. And it shows that you want to get back to a place of trust and you should be commended for that. And you can imagine, you know, getting a response like that, especially in a public environment where she really stuck her neck out. Um, you could see her shoulders relax and she really felt affirmed and she felt validated, um, you know, as much as she could be in a, in a Q&A in that kind of environment. And what I told her next was simply this. I said, you have two options. You can continue down this path where, you know, things are okay and maybe they're incrementally getting better, possibly plateauing, um, or you have a chance to go get some legitimate help. And if you feel like the relationship is actually pretty healthy, but you also just have a little bit more of the way to go, why waste your time? Why guess? Go see somebody who can walk you through some betrayal trauma therapy and really help you work through this, help you process it, and help you get to the other side in a way that's healthy and whole. Um, the, this couple was young. They were they they must have been in their twenties, mid to late twenties, and I I didn't get a chance to say this, but if I had a bit more time, I would have said, you know, you guys get to decide whether or not this is still a problem when you're in your forties, or whether this is something you talk about as a thing of the past. And if you if you try to keep you know swimming, kind of grasping for air. Well, you might you might get to that place, but why not invest a little bit right now while it's fresh, while you're both determined and diligent and hopeful about the future. Let's capitalize on the momentum, get some betrayal trauma therapy, and then this can be a thing of the past, a season that you talk about that happened early on in marriage that, you know, is um is no longer fresh or no longer present. And um and that, that's what I would encourage you guys as well in the conversations you have with your spouses. Um, try to cast that bigger picture. You know, do you, when you guys are raising kids, do you want to pass down some of this betrayal or um, some of this mistrust down to your kids? Well, no, of course. What, what mother wants to do that? Um, you know, when you guys are married for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, do you want this still to be in the back? Like, I still don't know if I can fully trust him. Do you really think it's just going to go away with time? Because that's not really how that thing works. Um, generally, this stuff requires healing because it is major betrayal. And all of that is to say, guys, um, your your partner may not be that open. And that's okay. If they're not open, there's a reason for it. Your job is to find out that reason why and to gently try to encourage them to find some avenues to get the help they need. If somebody says, you know, I don't need therapy, I'm not, I'm, I'm fine, like you're the one who's messed up, I don't really need the help, um, then maybe, maybe what you can do with somebody in that position is encourage them to at least 
reach out to somebody like a friend or a pastor, a leader, a mentor, uh, have them reach out to somebody. Just say, could you at least find somebody that you're willing to talk to about this safely and openly? Um, and and that might be the starting point. And typically what happens is one of two things. One, either that's that's all they need and they're actually in a much better place after. Or number two, it begins them on that journey of at least starting to warm up to, to opening up to somebody else about it. So that maybe a couple months down the road when you pitch betrayal trauma therapy again, there's more of an openness. Like, yeah, you know what? It wasn't so scary opening up to so-and-so and having some of these conversations. Maybe I could actually handle it. Um, sometimes it, it just takes time. The same way that for you, it probably took some convincing and some time before you actually bit the bullet and decided to embark on the recovery journey, right? Like guy brain is just like, we take, we take our time. You know, we're not, we're not super quick to get the help we need. And so, um, your wife is, is the same. She doesn't have guy brain per se, but she, she still is going to take some time to warm up to a solution, no matter how good or how impactful it could be. So all this to say, guys, is hang in there and uh, keep doing your part. And then remember, um, you know, focus on the relationship. That's like your second priority if you're married is, yes, your recovery first, relationship second. Um, they are not meant to be these mutually exclusive kind of priorities. Like you focus on one and then you really focus on the other. They run in parallel, but we just want to make sure that the recovery always stays the first priority until you're recovered. And then, and then rebuilding the trust in the relationship is second. If you try to do it the other way around, um, you basically shoot yourself in the foot because you cannot rebuild trust in the relationship if you are not fully recovered. Much love to you guys. Uh, by the way, if you want some help with this, um, you can always reach out to me. The best place these days is Instagram. That's where I'm actually giving like real time messaging and responses. And so I'll put a link in the show notes because uh, we're posting on there daily. We're getting lots of feedback about the content. People really enjoying it. Um, but it's Sathya M.E. Sam on Insta. Uh, we post on Facebook, TikTok, all those places. It's the same handle, Sathya M.E. Sam. I hope to see you there. I'd be happy to answer any of the questions you have. But in the meantime, much love to you guys. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance and insight in your recovery journey i highly recommend subscribing to unleash the man within thanks for listening i look forward to connecting with you very very soon the information opinions and recommendations presented in this podcast by Cynthia sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical clinical or any other form of professional advice any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk